The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. Day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your corner of the world. And yes, you heard me right. A life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. I want you just to inhale and exhale that one or two times. Wholeness, completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Imagine that. Imagine being able to live in that space every day. Heck, imagine being able to live in that space right now. I was talking to my uh, 16-year-old when he came in from school this afternoon, and he said to me, Mom, you know, World War I was tagged as uh, the war to end all wars. Now, we all know that that didn't happen, right? Because you cannot end war with war, right? You, it's not the solution. War is the problem. War is not the solution. And we're going to be talking about what is the solution? What is the universal solution in our life that would lead us to wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. You may notice that in my definition, not my definition, the definition that I use for peace, borrowed from many, many sources. But in that definition, what you did not hear was perfection or the absence of problems, that P word, right? You didn't hear the absence of that because life, we're going to go through journey, this journey of life, and we're going to go through different trials and tribulations, and that's okay. That's the growing process, right? You can't have heat if you don't set the wood on fire, so to speak, right? So you're going to have some trying and tribulations, but the whole reason for that, the whole reason for that is the growth and development. The growth and development. So, um, no, World War One was not the war to end all wars. We, it, you know, we have history to prove that, so that we know that war is not the answer. Hatred is not the answer. There is an answer. We're going to hear about that today. Listen, I'm here to tell you that peace is possible, and it's possible in your life today. It's possible in my, my life today. It's for us to vibrate at the energy of peace and to receive that and to be in that space. And that's what this show is all about, guys. That's why we gather here together in this in this tribe, if you will. We gather together because this synergy that we create helps us in our day and helps somebody else in their day and one smile becomes two smiles and it's infectious 
So we have an awesome guest with us today, and we're going to be exploring um, these concepts and many, many more. I want to talk to you about our guest before I bring her on. I'm super excited about her. Loretta Brown is an internationally recognized radio talk show host, The Loretta Brown Show, and which I'm so happy to say I've been on that show. So it's a wonderful show. She's a spiritual teacher intuitive channel, vibrational healer, healing musician, dragon heart, and owner of a reiki, of reiki oasis located in the greater Seattle area. Loretta was born as a sensitive and channel for divine and has the unique ability to see, hear, and communicate with beings of light from many dimensions. She often brings messages through for her clients, receives instructions on what to do during a session, and is always assisted by these divine loving helpers. Her own set of guides give her messages through her, um, give her messages for her and the people that she loves and takes care of, care of as an intuitive heart. Her mission is to help ease the suffering of the planet. I got to say that again. Her mission is to help ease the suffering of the planet. Wow. And to send out the call to awaken to the true self, helping people remember who they really are and why they are on planet Earth at this time of change. Loretta has a strong connection with the divine feminine and divine masculine, working to bring balance there's that word, guys. We talk about balance all the time on this channel, working to bring balance and unite these energies within each individual on planet Earth. Miss Loretta Brown, welcome to the Everyday <laughs> Peace Show with Dr. Drayvon James. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Woohoo, me too. That's fantastic. Thank you. I sound oh, amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. Look. <laughs> you sound amazing telling me how amazing I am. Anyway, you are funny. amazing. You are amazing. I was telling yeah. you just before the show came yeah. on. I said I'm yeah. spoiled when I go on your show because you do the astrological thing, and I'm, I'm listening in the background, like in the green room, sort of speak, and I'm taking notes feverishly and asking you about those <laughs> things during the break. During the break, you are just a wonderful person to be in connection with, and Thank I'm super you. excited to have you on the show today because I honestly believe that for every challenge that has shown up in my life and other people's lives, in fact, everyone's life, the answer is within us. The answer is there. It's just knowing it's the how-to guide that we need. And that's what you do. You are the, you are the living how-to guide in my own words, because you are able to take in, in energies and get the how-to. How do we, how do we tap into this intuitive that gives us the answer that is gives us the next right thing to do. So I'm super excited to have you here today for all of that. But before we get to that stuff, tell us a little bit about you and how you became this uh, magnetic energy. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great question. I was, as my bio says, I was born a very sensitive little girl. I'm the seventh of eight children in a large family. And um, I love my family very much, but I have a joke that there, there were just too many people when I was born, so I just raised myself like a feral cat, which actually worked for me, right? And <laughs> I, I didn't realize that um, my gifts 
were peculiar, right? I didn't know that everybody didn't see energy fields. I didn't know that um, people didn't see angels and beings of light or dead people, right? Um, because I live inside here, I don't know what it's like not to have that. And I can also remember as a little girl, we'd go visit my grandma, and I was always wanting to go into the back room to talk to my great-grandma because she was always rocking in a rocker back there. And one time I mentioned it. I don't know why I never mentioned it before, and I remember my grandma looking at me oddly, and she said, well, honey, there's nobody in the back room. And I and I said, no, and I described, you know, I said, it's 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 grandma. And because I was a little kid, I didn't understand. And she's rocking in that chair. And we went into the back room and, and there's no one in there. And I can see her, but grandma can't. And realized it was my great grandma who had passed away in that room before I was ever born. So these sorts of things uh, followed me through my whole life. I uh, remember one day my mother telling me that we just don't tell people about our imaginary friends anymore. We don't do that, honey, right? And we go to church and read our Bible and and we behave ourselves. And so it actually took me years and years and years. And I always, um, I tell this story not to bash on anybody or to bash on religion but um, or my family, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that come to me who have intuitive gifts. They're having paranormal experiences. They're um, having synchronicities or hearing, seeing, knowing, feeling things, and they don't know who to talk to because generally it's not well accepted, (laughs) right? And so I basically blew open about 25 years ago, I'm going to say, I went to live in Saudi Arabia to teach music. And while I was over there, um, I began to read all the holy books of the world, and I began to have... Um, it, it, to explore this part of myself without really knowing what to do about it. And uh, when I came home in the summer of 1995, I, I, had, what, I had what I call a, a uh, get hit in the head with a ball of light experience where um, I literally woke up. I went to a woman to learn to meditate and had a, a powerful, profound experience with the other side that I couldn't deny and when I was done with that, uh, whatever disconnected happened was reconnected. And the rest of my story unfolds from there because I began Reiki Oasis. I began uh, psychic training. I started chanting and I really got into what I call my higher calling. So that's, wow. a, that's a shortened version of a long story, but um, I think you can tell how potent it is for me uh, because yeah, it's I mean, real for me. Yeah, it's real. What is it like? I mean, like you said, you don't know any other way of being, but I'm just thinking about being a little girl and being able to connect with several worlds and thinking that it's normal, that everyone else could do it. And that's fine why you think everybody else can do it. But what's it like when you realize that, hey, nobody else is doing it? I mean, what, you know, what is just that right there? seems like i don't know like it would be very uncomfortable from that point on yeah you you hit that right on that on that nail right on the head drayvon because 
I was very little when I figured this out. I might have been three, four, five years old, somewhere in there, where I suddenly realized um, these people had come to visit us, and I was always a little afraid of people because I was so sensitive. And my mother, of course, was the most polite woman on the planet, and um, she would always say, now, Loretta, say hello to people, you know, take their hand, shake their hand. The problem was that when I took their hand, I saw everything. I saw <sighs> that they were unhappy. I felt it. I, I knew it. Um, I knew if they were going to get a disease. Um, uh, it was like that. And it would flood me. The information was so overwhelming that I quite often would burst into tears and I could not speak. And, of course, that, <laughs> that was not appropriate behavior. And um, that was one of the reasons, too, why I say I did everything I could to try to shut it down for years. And so when people come to me and they're, they're, they've shut themselves down or they've shut off their emotions, you know, because there's good girls don't get angry, you know, that kind of a thing. Oh, yes, um, of course. I totally get it. I'm like, I totally get it. And I also think that part of that, you know, because I, I tried to hide for years. I hid for 20 years at least, maybe 30. Well, not very well, but I did what I could um, to hide. And uh, that's painful. It's really, really yeah. painful. It's, yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be painful. And, you know, and then no one really understands it. And then you're told we don't, we don't do that. So now you've got to suppress it. Yeah. And I'm just wondering how easy it is to turn something like that off. If you're touching someone and you're getting vibrational energies and you're, which is revealing things to you, uh, that right there seems, you know, talking about a need to walk around in a bubble <laughs> it seems like that that's a yeah. need to do that because that's yeah. a lot of energy coming into you as a child and even as an adult if you don't know how to process all of that because I'm thinking just just without having that gift just you can any of us can walk into a room and you can, you can feel something in the air and it can really take a toll on your emotions and, and just your your whole experience now that's on one level but if you're really sensitive and you are able to pick up intricacies about the person that's got to be mm -hmm. overwhelming o overwhelming yeah and indeed and there's go ahead go ahead i was i was saying yes you you so are on top of it because you know you yourself are an empath you're empathic and i can feel it um a, a lot of people out there and i i i can't talk about this enough because it's it's, it's potent and it's valuable. We live in a sea of frequency, a sea of vibration. A lot of people say everything is energy, but I go deeper than that. It's vibration. It's tonality. It's, it's singing a song, so to speak. And we are in our own weird way like insects that when we, that vibration hits us, it will, we will have a response to it. Now, this could be a visceral response. It could be um, like I walked into a room and I was feeling okay and now I'm sick to my stomach and I have a headache and, God, what's that all about? And, and, and I'm here to tell you that might not be yours. You might have just picked it up. It might be floating in right. the air. Oh, or my gosh. Right now, 
yeah. Or right now we have such a permeation of fear. I mean, look at our planet. Fear is a virus. It's contagious. And what are we doing? We're, we're you know, I don't want to get too deep into things, you know, in, unless you want to, but we are polarizing ourselves and putting ourselves into a state of fight, flight, or freeze. That is never good because it starts to shut down our higher conscious awarenesses and we become reactive. And, uh, and I heard you go, oh, oh, that's it. So go back to that. Yeah. Yes. And I, I want to just pick up on that fear thing for one second, because we're talking about, you know, how to navigate life using our intuitive gifts. And fear seems to be the dominant emotion that's, that so many of us connect to is fear and it, it disguises itself a lot of times and looks like hatred or things of that nature but at, at the core of it it's fear we're all so afraid all mm-hmm. of the time and we can mask it and you know become too boisterous but if you really really unpack what you're seeing it's fear and what is it that we are fa- afraid of well, that is the million-dollar question for me. I think we, we, <laughs> we, you know, what is it that we're so afraid? Is it death? I, I have no idea what it is that we are so, but we're afraid of it. I think it's death. I, I think that there's this enormous, and there's also this enormous fear. Like I look out across the world, and um, you know, people are so judgmental. Ugh, those people over there, they don't, they're not doing the right thing. They need to do what. I think they should do. So I feel more comfortable. And so that my, my box that I live in, the lens that I look through is not challenged because what happens if our beliefs are challenged or what happens if um, here we are, we're adults, we're grown women or men and we're walking around and all of a sudden we might have to face a, a horrible truth about our own self that um, perhaps we haven't been as kind as we could be. Maybe we've been false. You know, maybe we've been afraid. So um, Mm. they do say that the ultimate fear is the fear of death. But boy, do we play a lot of games over the top of that one. Yeah, We, We really do. And when you talk about, just a second ago, you talked about facing our own self. And that is what needs to happen. It really does. If we want growth and development, I'll give you this tiny little example. It was like I had it staged, but I didn't. (laughs) But um, today (laughs) I happened to be with my uh, daughter who just finished her freshman year in college. And, you know, that up until the 12th year, 12th grade, you know, she looks and she acts the way mommy wants her to look and to act. And she's changed her whole look. And it's really challenging for me as a mom. And I'm like, really? So, but you know, you can't say that. Although I've made a couple mistakes and said it in the past, but today what I did today, today I didn't want to make that mistake. It's very, very, very difficult to be a mom. And so, especially, especially when it's time to, to transition, right. But this being yeah. aware, and I, I talk about this fear and it could that just be a fear of the of death of the complete ending of this physical journey it's death of seasons in our life I think that we fear too because this morning I looked at her as she's getting ready to go out to her job and and I thought well that's not an outfit that one wears to work and I almost said it and 
I, but I didn't say it with my words. I said it with my eyes and my breath. You know how mothers can do that. <laughs> and, yes. and as soon as my I made the look, yes, yes, and as soon as I did yeah. that, Loretta, I, 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 I looked, I, I like jumped outside of myself and looked at myself. If, if you have that kind of experience, like I was looking at me doing this behavior and, and of course she, she walked out and I, I felt it immediately. Let me call and make an apology for that look, because who am I to, you know, these are, these are my beliefs. This is how I feel about fashion. This is how I feel about the corporate world. This, these are my beliefs. And of course I had the right to, to develop those um, choices for myself and she does too. But the whole point here is being able to see myself. And that is sometimes the remedy, all the remedy that we need is to be able to see ourselves. I called our texter and she said, oh, mom, I didn't even notice. Now, I can guarantee you 110% hadn't I made that phone call, that outreach, and she would have noticed and it would have been an explosion at dinner tonight. <laughs> so, uh, But <laughs> me just being aware of self self-awareness is really the answer uh, to a lot of problems. It's, it's, it's almost like preventive medicine, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Be self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. What you're saying is so powerful. And um, self-awareness is in the center of absolutely everything. Um, you know, people talk all the time about emotional intelligence, right? Like, okay, what's emotional intelligence? Well, there's, it's actually very simple. And you just touched on it. There's just three parts to it. Number one, can you feel your feelings, your emotions, and can you label them? Do you know what they are? I can't tell you because in that space, you're telling me this, okay, she's dressing the way she is, whatever it is, and you had an emotional response. Yes, I love that because <laughs> we do that, <laughs> mm -hmm. but don't we? But we do. I'm, I'm here to to tell you that that emotional response, even though it's, it's part of emotional intelligence, all that is is a navigational tool. Your emotions are, 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 and your thoughts, by the way, there's no way to have an emotion without a thought or a thought without an emotion. Even if people say I'm emotionless, I'm not feeling anything, that's actually a, a description of what's happening, right? But right. that emotion, what, when it comes, all that it is, is, is your response or reaction to what life is putting right in front of your face. It, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm feeling upset doesn't mean I have to turn into a fire-breathing dragon. Might be fun, but I get to kind of be with that if I've learned that, oh, I'm feeling this thing. Let me start with, I'm feeling this thing. And then, what am I feeling? You know, Dragon, I cannot even begin to tell you how many people come into my office and we'll start in and I'll start talking about emotions or feelings and they'll look at me and they go, but Loretta, I don't even know what I'm feeling. I don't. I was there. I, I, had a woman. I, I can relate. Yeah. A woman last week came in and she said, uh, I said, well, my take, you know, I'm picking up that you're really, really angry and maybe we can access that anger and help get it moved out of you. And she go, looked at me and she goes, I don't think I've ever felt anger in my whole life. I don't know how to feel anger. I don't know what it feels like. It's become and a norm. I thought, yeah. And I went, wow, how shut down we have become, um, how afraid we are of the rawness of these emotions. 
um, you know, how, and in, in my work, you know, because I go deeper with that, how afraid we are of the hot, raw, shakti energy, the primal creative force within us, we're scared to death of it. What if we're a monster? I don't know, right? Yeah. Or right. Yeah. What, what if we yell at someone and we really let them have it, and then what happens to us afterwards? We're shaking, we're trembling, we'll be crying. Sometimes people will be taken down by it, and they're like, I, I, I'm done for the rest of the day. I can't function now. i got to recover, right? It's powerful. Right. But it a lot so of powerful. that is because we are powering up our emotions or we're resisting them. And so my, my advice to people is, is, number one, you know, get, get to the point where you can begin to realize that your emotions are, you have a palette of emotions, you know, that God or divine gave you. It's just all the colors on the spectrum. The emotions are all different vibrational rates. And as a human in your 3D human body, you're actually wired to feel them. Now, some of them are comfortable, joy and ecstasy and bliss. And by the way, when we're feeling those, we are connected with our higher aspect, our divine self. But some of them are awful, rage and wrath and, and uh, hatred and, you know, all of that stuff. Humiliation, shame, guilt, look, you know, even saying the names of those emotions. We're like, oh, no, 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 Loretta. What are you talking about, girl? I don't want to feel those things. You, 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 you're wrong over there. And I'm not here to tell you to, to drown yourself in your emotions. But if we can, number one, recognize what am I feeling? What am I feeling? And then recognize it's simply a response to what life is bringing you. Then that is the beginning of self-awareness. The second step of, of, of that emotional intelligence, which I'm talking about, is um, to show up for the self to be responsible for how you're, what you're feeling. You know, that person over there may have done something nefarious that I don't like. Maybe it broke my heart, really hurt my feelings. But when we say things like, you broke my heart, you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel, we're actually not showing up for us. And it's all right to do that for a certain length of time. But at some point, we have to come back to ourselves and we have to say, come here, little wounded self. I am so sorry that happened to you. Come here. And what does the little wounded self say? The little wounded self is our we're, we're gonna, little Loretta, child. we're going to stop right yeah. there and just take a brief okay. break. And we're going to come back and talk about this way of dealing with our emotions. This is Dr. Drayvon James with Everyday Peace. We'll have you right back after this quick commercial break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. 
This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life. Examine your life, whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had. Realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Get your copy of Unity Magazine this month and deepen your spiritual journey. Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber talks about the need to make a holy shift. Carolyn Mace gets gutsy with God. Justine Willis-Toms dives into new dimensions. And Alberto Violdo shares an excerpt from his new book, Heart of the Shaman. Subscribe for one year and save $5 off the cover price and get the digital edition free. Go to unitymagazine.org and get a free trial issue today. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Is life getting you down? Don't worry. Choose happy. Join Dr. Marissa Pay every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central and get ready to shift your outlook. Dr. Marissa is an organizational psychologist and life balance coach who will help you to process the tough stuff. Get real life strategies you can use today to experience more hope and happiness. Call in and join the live show or listen later on demand only on UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We have Loretta Brown with us today, and we were just at the break talking about joy, ecstasy, and bliss connects us with our higher self. And we love to be in that emotional state. I really was one of those people in my youth that I did everything to stay in that state. And I say everything, guys, don't get crazy. I mean, I did everything within my own power. You know, I was... uh, I think I mentioned on the show, and I know I have, I started studying this concept of peace and what that meant at age 17. And I have the journals to prove it. And uh, I really, at that point, you know, I, I've evolved as a, as a person, as a spirit. But at that point in my life, or as a human living, a spirit living in a human body, 
I thought that peace meant the absence of problems. So I would really try to be like a, a spin doctor, if you will, on everything that occurred in my life to see the joy and the ecstasy and the bliss in it. And that is there. It is. If you if you um, peel a layer, uh, onion, there's many layers. But there is the other part of life. And that's what we were kind of talking about. There are those things that cause us heartache and they cause us pain and, and disappointment. And we cannot just put our head in the sand and ignore those emotions. I, I firmly believe that if we do that, we are setting up a ticking time bomb in our life. It's like burying somebody alive in your soul. You really have got to deal with those emotions that cause pain. What do you think about that, Loretta? I, I so totally agree. Um, you know, I practice Reiki, but I also do what I call vibrational healing, or I do channeling. And it's really, really clear to me that the cause of all dis-ease, and notice I'm saying dis-ease, not disease, the cause of all dis-ease is unresolved emotional and mental conflict. And that comes straight from the guidance. So we will store things in our body, like if you're angry and then you won't let yourself resolve that anger, or as we were saying before the break, you know, process that through. And I'm talking energetics, by the way, I'll... I'll comment on that in a minute um well i'll comment right now i guess they said comment now um when i I see a lot of people who actually end up at my door sort of as a last resort because who is that woman right (laughs) what does she do (laughs) right um Uh but they they'll end up in in my office and i'll do a session with them and at the end of that they quite often will say something like I got more out of my time with you just now than 20 years of psychotherapy. Now, I'm not bashing psychotherapy because I've I've got a degree in psychology, but I'm I'm an energy vibrational worker. So when we when I say things like let's move the anger energy out of you, we want to get it out and you have to feel it to get it out of there. That's the that's mm-hmm. the agreement. But like I say, yeah. we don't want to waddle in it. We don't want to drown in it. So like, for instance, anger, you hold on to anger all the time. It's going to weaken your liver. And the liver is powerful. Uh-huh. It's very important for the body, right? Detox. So, yeah. Yes. And if I've got grief, unresolved grief, or I'm just crying all the time, it weakens my lungs, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah. And people don't think about this energetically grief actually lays in the top of your head it lays in your crown chakra for those of you who know energy um, uh, anatomy and why is why is that so debilitating because it is through our crown chakra that we connect with our higher self and God and divine so grief and all of you that have dealt with really deep grief know that it can take you down like nobody's business just crumple you and that's because it's laying on the top of your head. So we need to open that back up again, remind you that there's more here than, than the eye can see, and then navigate that very gently through that process. And then, you know, I could go on and on, but I'm just one more example. How many people are worried all the time and anxious? That weakens your stomach and your digestive system. Right. So, oh my gosh. So, and, and, and you know, yeah. you can see that in people, right? Weakens the stomach and the digestion. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, we have, we have a caller on the line. I'm going to get to the caller in one second, but I didn't want to miss out on this point here. We were, we were talking about the emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah. And we, we yeah, let me went through the first up. two. And we have one more to yeah, go me, through. Yeah, there is. So let me remind the, the listeners, the first, uh, there's just three steps to emotional intelligence. Number one, what are you feeling? Can you feel it and can you label it? Number two, show up for yourself. Stop expecting those people over there to take care of you. You are not a victim. You're a creator. Woo, that's mm. a big one. And number three, um, the third part, when you really have some level of emotional intelligence, you will be sensitive to how what you're doing is affecting the people around you, and you will be compassionate toward their emotions. Now, if we just take a look at that, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like we have some sort of rampant, narcissistic, sociopathic illness running through through society. Like, I don't know how many people who say, come in and they say, I think I'm in relationship with a narcissist or a sociopath, which are people that have very little emotional intelligence, if any. Isn't that, but if you think about it and, you know, and this is not to diminish being in a relationship with narcissists, painful, painful, painful experience. But as I'm looking at your emotional intelligence, one, one, two, and three, I can say, and I'm speaking personally about myself, there was a point in my life where I really couldn't tell you what I was feeling except for, um, I'm happy because, because I had practiced, (laughs) I had practiced it so much. And, uh, but I, you know, I told you, I started practicing this at age 17. And what I did was I, you know, this young point in my life, I really just practiced suppression and I never really dealt with anything. So everything was, you know, either it was a joke. I, I made a joke. I was the best comedian going, at least I thought I was, and I could laugh about anything and I did. And that really helped me out a lot. But what I didn't do was uh, unpack and deal with my emotions. So I had, you know, many, many years later, I got to that part of, of self. It's, you know, as Drake says, it's levels to this. I uh, <laughs> I had to do that, that work on myself. So, and then the second one here, show up for yourself. It is your responsibility to take care of you. And I know people say all the time, you got to do the work on you. You got And that is so true. And the work is fun. I got to mm-hmm. say that as I went through the process and I continue to do the work on myself, as I go through the process of discovering Drayvon and, and, and giving Drayvon what she needs to be a successful member of society. And also to, and you said at the beginning, you, you know, I'm an empath and I really do feel that about myself. I, but mm-hmm. that requires a certain level of, of taking care of me as well. And not sitting back and yeah. saying, oh, it's, it's, you know, someone else's job to make sure I'm all right. No, it's your job to make sure you're all right. And whatever you need in the way of support um, externally or whatever you need to do to get to know more about yourself, invest that in yourself. Invest that in yourself. You're so worthy of that. And then this third one here, be sensitive to how what you are doing is affecting the people around you. That self-awareness is so big and I find that people are ashamed of their behavior and sometimes it stops them from looking directly at what they're doing because they're too ashamed to face it 
they don't want they don't want to see what they're doing. So they kind of, as you know, my sister and I said, you know, you have the squinting philosophy about life. You never look yourself dead in the eye. But go ahead and look yourself dead in the eye and love you anyway. And that when you shine the light on stuff and, and you know, you can tell me if you agree with this. But I believe that once you start shining the light on it, the light of awareness, what doesn't need to be there sort of organically starts to soften and float away and give you permission to let it go. Yeah. So those are, that's, that's like my two the, cents. I, lo- <laughs> I love the word softening, softening. Mm-hmm. Can we just mm-hmm. soften, you know, yeah. and can, can we, can we do that? Do we have to have such a locked jaw? Right. Oh. The, um, mm-hmm. um, and I agree with you. I, I think we're all concerned about being judged or this shame thing. Shame can really shut us down. Oh my goodness, I did that horrible thing and those people thought I can never show my face again. And I know and I've actually I got... yeah. I've actually oh discovered God. that if we can find the courage and and this is a delicate slope here because it's a big subject. There are places where I don't recommend you go and try to be vulnerable, but with people that are close to us, if we can just you know, go to them in all honesty and say, I was a complete jerk, you know, can you just forgive me? You know, if we can just do that, sometimes that's all that's needed. And they'll go, look, I, I'm fine. I'm okay. I understand you're having a bad day. You know, whatever the deal it is. And we can find peace again. We can yeah. find that communion. We the, can let um, go. Buddha, yeah, the Buddhists have a great technique called compassionate listening. And I actually consciously do that um, here in Reiki Oasis. Anybody that comes here, this is what I call a free zone. We don't, we leave judgment outside the building, you know. We're not in here, I'm not in here to say, oh, you shouldn't do that, Mrs. McGillicuddy, or oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that, Right. Compassionate listening is is a safe, secure space where the people can come in and if they need to, they empty their heart. They get to say what they want to say. They get to say anything that might even horrify them, like, "I, I hate that person or I wish that person was dead. I can't believe I'm even saying that, right? And And we don't dwell on it. But when we empty the heart, when we have a safe place to do that, which I highly recommend people go find a counselor or somebody to do that with, then our heart opens up and we can now begin to bring light and love into it and also permit it to allow its fragrance to come into the world. And the fragrance of the heart to me is your soul song. This is your essence. This is your... This is the language of your soul. And I got goosebumps right now. We just need this in in our world today because it is in that soul essence of your heart that you are connected with everybody else. The divine is in that space. And when we access that, I have goosebumps. I do too. When we access that within ourselves, now we are embodying our own divine self in ourself. 
And when I do that, you see how soft we're getting. And now I can look at you, Drayvon, and I see the light shining out of your heart. And I just, my love just goes to you. And to to all the people listening, the light in their hearts. And we can just sort of forget about, it's, we're not looking at personalities now. We're just in that oneness with each other. That to me is a very high form of healing. And it, it is. It, it, yeah. It connects us. I'm going to grab, we have two callers on the line. Our first yeah, caller, hi, you're on the air with Loretta Brown and Dr. Drayvon James. Um, you had a question or comment? Hi, this is Keisha. I'm so happy to be part of the Everyday hey. Peace Tribe. Yeah, hi. This is such a wonderful call, and, and I'm chuckling a little bit because I think my question was just answered. Um, Loretta, how... I, I, the question I was going to ask is, how would you suggest people protect, um, if, if they're empathic, how they protect their energy, or if you're a vibrational worker, how you protect your vibration? But I, I believe I just heard the answer in the compassionate listening. Are there any other yeah. recommendations? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I can, I can give you a couple of them, but the greatest power we have is in our purity and innocence. Now, that is not always easy to attain, but, um, you know, if you take it on as a practice, you get better and better at it, right? Because love, love permeating you protects you from everything. But here are some very practical advices about being an empath, because I'm a super empath. And um, a, a, a couple of rules, I'll try to put them out there very quickly. Number one, if you're in the healing arts or even if you're in a family get out, get over yourself (laughs) and stop (laughs) sharing your energy with them. Be it conduit or a channel for divine energy to work through you or love to come through you. And I was taught a long time ago to breathe into the center of myself, call it my dantian, my hara or my womb. And even if you're a man, believe me, you've got a hara. You breathe into there and as you exhale, you expand your bubble all the way around you. You expand your bubble. And I bubble myself all the time. Now, your bubble can be any color, and that makes it fun. And once you have that, you ground. You just send your roots down very gently. And then you ask for, you ask for a special guide, even if you don't know who they are, to come and patrol the outside of your energy field and make sure that only things beneficial to you are permitted in. Now, that that being of light that comes can show up like a banana. It can show up like an angel. It can be it can be anything. <laughs> and you just have a little fun with it. And then the last thing I'm going to say, because there's a lot more that I I could t- share with you, um, become non-resistant. Don't be afraid of other people's energy. Sometimes I simply allow their energy to pass through me. Now, that sounds scary, but if I'm not in anger and they're throwing anger at me, it will pass through me. It has nothing to stick to because I don't have a vibrational match to it. Right. It's like a willow tree as opposed to an oak tree. That's right. Mm. So I hope hope that helps you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. Yeah, she's uh thank you. Yeah, she's a good thank empath. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Because and, and I love I love that I love that being non-resistant. Non-resistant. Because when we become resistant, we become rigid. It is impossible for that in undesirable energy just to pass straight through us. And I always try to remind myself to be non-resistant and non-judgmental. You know, just yeah. just see, I, just if, becoming if an observer. Yeah, I'm sorry, cut, I've cut over the top of you, but it's important that I say this. Um, so many people come to me and they're all scared. They're scared of the dark and the shadows and the dark entities and people's dark energy. And they're like, oh, I can't be with that person, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you gear yourself up for battle, you're inviting a battle. It's, you gear it's not a ba- I, battle, it's a yes. bubble. Yes, if you prepare for war, you will soon have a war, right? Yes. We don't build, you know, we don't save for a rainy day. We don't do those things. We are, that means that we're, la- we're laying the groundwork for that to come. We have one other caller waiting. I'm going to bring that person on right now. Sure. Thank you, Keisha. I don't know if we've disconnected her or not. I think we did. Okay. And we have... Uh, Hi, you're on the air with Loretta Brown and Dr. Drayvon James for the Everyday Peace Show. Question or comment? Hi, Hi. great show, great show. Yes, I want to uh, be very, very, very brief because um, she answered my question. I had a question about how you can keep yourself in the moment and your vibrations are going good. Then all of a sudden, it seems like for no reason you get out of that moment and you don't know where these thoughts come from. And then you feel like you're struggling to get out of it. And I think she answered my question because if you, if you, if now if you're trying to fight whatever those thoughts are, then as you just said, then you're, constantly, then you're just going to keep having a fight. So you're trying to fight to get the thoughts out that you don't want there, and you're trying to fight them to remove them. But now you're in a fight, so you don't seem to go anywhere. And so she answered the question when she said you put that, like that vibrational shield around you to keep that out. So I thought that was great. Those, the points that, um, that you're making, um, Loretta, are great, especially I love the self-awareness. I mean, I think that is so key because you have to look at um, what you're doing and how it has an impact on others. And you can get caught up so much in your own selfishness, whether it's, I don't know if there's such a thing as good selfishness, but whether it's good or bad, it's going to have an impact on people one way or the other. And so until you can recognize that, um, it's, you, you'll never be able to come to terms with what you're doing and what it does to others. I, I love that point. It was so great. And that compassionate listening, and I think that's something that not only do you practice with others, but mainly practice with yourself. Like yes. we can be so critical with each other that we need to compassionately listen to ourselves and take ourselves out of the judgment zone. So. This is great. This great, great stuff. Um, Dr. James, this is another all-star performance again today. This show is so great. Okay. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Awesome. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. Well, I Thanks. think we yeah. hit on so many wonderful, wonderful points here today. I mean, every, everything is, is uh, I'm wanting for our listeners to really be able to go to a place where we can do these things like the intelligent, um, emotional intelligence and develop these habits as part of our day-to-day practice so that we really can develop a life of everyday peace. I wanted just to ask one quick question. I know we're winding down on time and I want to get to some other things too, but 
what is an intuitive heart? Like my whole life, when I was much, much younger, um, people would say, oh, follow your intuition. And I honestly, and I'm talking, I was in college. I was like, I have no intuition. <laughs> you know, I, I really just felt like I was confused about everything. And, um, mm-hmm. and I always think now as an adult, intuition is telling me the next right thing to do. But how would you tell people like, like how to connect to their intuitive heart? And what is that? How do they get to that space to work, live in that energy? Well, yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. And, and I'll try to be succinct because it could be a three-day workshop, honestly. Um, a lot of people come in to me and they'll say, hey, Loretta, you know, I, everyone says follow your heart. And I followed my heart and I got over that knucklehead over there, got my heart broken. What? Like I'm done following my heart, right? Or right. I will have people say things like, I, I think I'm supposed to go do this thing, but Loretta, it's going to be uncomfortable. I don't want to go do that, right? So I think there's a general misunderstanding between my emotions, like my feeling heart, my emotional heart, and my intuitive heart. My intuitive heart is actually part of my hard wiring, just like I believe everybody is psychic and our brain is hard wired for it. Our hearts are hard wired to connect with divine and each other. Now, I, I'll, I'll base that, a, it's, it's basically based for, for myself in ancient mysteries, you know, um, it, because all of the great mysteries talk about the secret chamber of the heart. But there's a current thing with the heart math people, and heart math has been around for a long time, and, and um, Greg Braden's part of it, and they had satellites out around the planet Earth for years. And what do they do? Well, they measure what's called the gamma brainwave length, and gamma is in your heart. You have over 10,000 brain cells in your heart. You're born with it. And oh my with, gosh. What, what these satellites have discovered is that when there is a catastrophic event, such as 911 or Hurricane Katrina or you know big tidal waves, whatever the deal it is, just before that event, there is a surge in gamma wave activity from hearts all over the world, from people who don't even know each other. And then after that, the event happens, and then there's a surge in, you know, the actual brainwave patterns that we talk about, beta and alpha, you know, that sort of a thing. So they have determined that our heart leads the way. The heart tells the brain what to do, not the other way around. So if we take a look at, at things like that and we go, where did I get some sort of weird thing that I did in my life? Like, I don't know, I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I think I'll just stop at the coffee shop. And then I go in there and there's my friend Sarah and I haven't seen her for five years and I was just thinking about her, right? That's our intuitive hearts talking to each other. That is our intuitive heart leading us there, giving us that information that there isn't any other way for us to get. So, right. It's that thing that you can't put you in. And I, I, mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but we only have like mm-hmm. a few more minutes. And I, yep. you are mm-hmm. such a, a well of wealth of information. And I know that there are listeners who are going to want to connect with you. And I don't want to rob them of the opportunity to hear how they can connect with you. Guys, if you're out there and you're wondering how you can get to this place where you can 
feel this energy, that you can feel your way through to the next right thing for you, that, that this can be done. And so I want to give Loretta Brown an opportunity to tell you how she can work with you, how you can connect her. So with that being yep. said, Loretta, how can people connect with you? I, I actually work with people all over the world through Skype or Zoom, through phone, through email, in person. I do workshops and groups and so forth. But you can find me at ReikiOasis.com. You can schedule everything at schedule.reikioasis.com. You can find me at the original Loretta Brown Show on KKNW 1150 AM. And you can connect with me on facebook.com slash reikioasis or facebook.com slash the Loretta Brown Show. Or, it's a lot, facebook.com slash Egypt Travels with Loretta because I take groups to Egypt every year. No, oh, that is that's marvelous. That is marvelous. Well, this has been this has been an amazing show. And ten words or less. How do you maintain your peace every day? This is everyday peace. How do you maintain your peace? You're doing so much. You're working with people. How do you do that? I bring my attention to my very own beautiful heart, and I breathe straight into it. And as I exhale, I become aware of my guides and angels, and I become aware of divine. And every well, day, that's I it, guys. Yeah, that's it. We are moving into the end of our program. Thanking Loretta Brown for being with us. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay aware of what your emotions are. Until next week. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. I absolutely love you. We'll connect soon. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.